I'm Dave Merhez, and you're listening to the Birchwood Podcast. Do you think anyone's fucking listening to stupid Birchwood podcast? <laughs> Son, you know why you're the greatest alive? Why, Dad? Because you came out of my balls, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck rap, bustin' like an addict with a semi-automatic Who done had it and he ready for anybody to buck back Hold on, catch a vibe, ain't no way you're we leaving nobody alive Even suicide, no, fuck that Bobby feeling villainous, he killing us I'm coming for your man and his lady, you need even a baby I'm feeling like I'm chicken, 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 slim shady with rabies I'm pulling at the mouth, ain't nobody taking me out Every single rapper in the industry, yeah, they know what I'm about And I dare you to test me, cause not a single one of you motherfuckers impressed me And maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'm full of innovation And I'm tired of all that it's high school, he's cool, he's not rap shit can a single one of you motherfuckers even rap shit? No, this ain't a diss to the game, this a gas to the flame. Nowadays, everybody saying the same shit's lame. Like a mark to the flame, I'm a real man and killing all you feeling it. This isn't what I'm spilling and I'm feeling myself. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Boy, he been feeling himself. Man's metal like this can be good for my health. When I rap like this, do I sound like shit? Well, it don't really matter because I'm killing this shit. Yeah, I'm killing this shit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm killing this shit. Bobby, how many times you been killing this shit? Find another round, goddamn, nigga, shit. Fuck rap, bustle like an addict with a semi automatic. Who done had it and he ready for anybody to buck back? Hold on, catch a vibe, ain't no way you're we leaving nobody alive. Even suicide, no fuck. Fuck that, Bobby feeling villainous, he killing us I'm coming for your man and his lady, getting even a baby I'm feeling like I'm chicken, 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 slim shady There's nowhere to hide, we call this shit genocide Hit them with that doo doo then they die We gon' leave them crucified, we call this shit genocide I got bitches, I got hoes, I got rare designer clothes No, we ain't fucking with that, yeah, there's a time and a place But if you ain't coming with the illness of raps Calling yourself the greatest alive, then you don't deserve to do that No, no, oh, no, no, please do not do that You gon' get smacked, you gon' make Bobby attack You gon' make Bobby boy snap, you gon' make Bobby boy Snap, Bobby boy, fuck rap. Bustin' like an addict with a semi-automatic. Who done had it and he ready for anybody to buck back? Gonna catch a vibe, ain't no way you're we leaving nobody alive. Even suicide, no fuck that. Bobby feeling villainous, he killing us. I'm coming for your man and his lady, you need even a baby. I'm feeling like I'm chicken, 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 slim shady. Like Jay Z, jiggas up, you fuckers who didn't write anything are getting washed. Like bathing, young hova, I know hitters like Yankees. Gun toters to pull triggers like crazy. Unloaded, leave you shot up in your rover, your body goes limping, slumps over like A Rod in a month low, but he just homered. Hold up, I said Rover because now your Rover is red Like Red Rover so you know what I meant But I wrote over my opponents instead Making dark sounds cause I gotta keep breaking these bars down I'll go slow for the spits But when I go root like the Doberman said I still think the roof would go over your head Beast mode, motherfuckers about to get hit with so many foul lines You think I'm a free throw, figured it was about time for people to eat crow You about to get outrhymed, how could I be dethroned? I stay on my toes like the repo, a behemoth in cheap clothes From the east coast to the west, I'm the ethos And I'm the goat, who the best? I don't gotta say a fucking thing no Cause I'm seasonal But you don't wanna hear me spit the facts Your shit is ass like a tailbone And you're trapped in your cell phone I'm a chicken scratch on my self load. I don't wanna fucking listen to Jiggy's bitch rap someone else wrote. Used to get beat up by the big kids. Used to let the big kids steal my big wheel. And I wouldn't do shit but just sit still. Now money's not a big deal. I'm rich. I wipe my ass with six mil. Big bills like a platypus of caterpillars coming to get the cannabis. I'm looking for the smoke with you motherfuckers are scattering, battering everything. And I've had it with the inadequate man. I can see my dick is standing stiff as a mannequin. And I'm bringing the banana back in the fucking Hibanic in the handkerchief. And I'm thinking of bringing the fucking fingerless gloves back. And not giving a singular fuck like fuck rap. I sound like a fucking millionaire with a derringer with a hair trick about the bear hugging fucking Terry and a Rick Flair dripping. Y'all couldn't hold the candle. A prayer vigil when I vent, they compare me to a fucking air duck. I'm about to bare knuckle it, nah, fuck it. I'm gonna go upside the head with a Nantucket Africa fucking dab. Or the track is the blood I'm a track that I'm attacking it. What Dracula? Fuck that shit. I'm up back with a thud. Man, stop. Look what I'm planning, planning. I'm planning to do all this while you're panicking and you're looking and staring at mannequins. And I'm going to fanikins trying to get up a planikins. All of the planikins, sanikin, fan, fan, panikins. What all the mannequins, sanikin, Anna in the cabana. You're in a cabana. I'm in a cabana and a chanter. I'm in a cabana chanting on a stand-up banner. Well, you don't got the stamina, you're lacking the stamina. 
You lack of the stamina while you're divorcing Harrison Ford and I'm in a portion of floor ports while I'm world touring. You're using way too many napkins. Papkins. Lapkins is chapkin. You're using chapstick and napkins while I'm papkin. Flapping around like a papkin. Flamming a babbity pan and champkin. Damn it, a can of I'm Dave Merhej, and the Birchwood Podcast is brought to you by the Spludcast and the Boys Club. Hey, what's up, weirdos? It's Mark Splood, and I am the host of the Spludcast. But, you know, you should probably know that already, shouldn't you? You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Everyone listens to my show. What's the point of even doing a commercial? Well, listen, just in case there's one poor bastard out there who doesn't know about it, it's the best damn podcast in the world, and you can find it every Thursday on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your shit. Get my shit. It's called the Spludcast. Check it out. Download it. Sit down on your ass, crack a Dosecchi's, fire up your favorite sativa, and driver right the fuck into you. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're We're world star hip hop. World star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll soup. You are listening to the Birchwood podcast with Shane Ogden. The voice you are hearing right now is of mine, Trevor Muxworthy, the host of whatever trevor every wednesday i release an episode that is a hundred percent canadian content are you from canada do you like canadians do you like music do you like comedians if you answered yes to one of those you might like my podcast it's called whatever trevor and you can get it now Happy Friday, everyone. It is July the 12th. You're listening to Birchwood Podcast at Birchwood Trailer Park in Public Landing, New Brunswick, Canada. I'm Shane Ogden, comedian, your host, and here's what I got on the go. Friday, September 20th, the Best in New Brunswick Comedy Tour rolls along, and we are at the St. John Merida in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. Did I say Merida? Because I meant to say Marina. That's where the boats go, and that's where the people go when they want to see a great comedy show. It's the best in New Brunswick. There's going to be six of us performing a two-hour comedy show. See the Best in New Brunswick Comedy Tour on Facebook for more information. Also, Saturday, March 14th, I will be opening for the great James Mullinger at the Imperial Theatre. That's Saturday, March 14th. For all of my stand-up comedy dates, see... 
Shane Ogden Comedian on Facebook, Comedian Shane Ogden on Instagram, or at Funny Shane Ogden on Twitter. Thank you for your support. Also, uh, I have a business with Julie Tower. It's called Chuckles Comedy Club. Chuckles Comedy Club is located in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. There is a great show happening July 26th and 27th featuring Manolis Zontanos. That's July 26th and 27th. For more information, visit chucklescomedyclub.ca. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast, Birchwood Podcast. Uh, please email me, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me where you're listening from. Tell me if there's something that I can uh, read, like a Dear Abby letter, something that I can uh, read to my listeners. If you have questions about comedy or electrical or uh, comedy clubs, or if you're a divorced dad, or if you uh, have kids, if you want some advice of any kind, if I can be of help, uh, I certainly will. That's the Birchwood Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, the Birchwood Podcast has a Facebook page, Birchwood Podcast. And uh, thank you for subscribing and sharing with a friend. Tell people about what's happening in your ears right now. Say, hey, I like this guy. It's a good show. Sometimes he interviews great comedians. Today on the podcast, I interview Dave Merhage, which is um, Dave Merhage. Dave Merhage. How do you say his? Why can I not say anyone's name that I interview? Is it like a rule? <laughs> like, uh, let's let's go through the criteria for interviews on Birchwood Podcast. Can I say your name properly? No, then you're in. Uh, you're definitely. I want to interview you, uh, Dave. Dave Merhage. Merhage? Yes, it's Merhage. Dave Merhage. And by the way, for the record, Dave doesn't give a shit. He told me. I don't care how you pronounce it, he said. He's a really easygoing guy, really fun guy. What a great interview. More on that later. This routine is so much fun. I do enjoy uh, just babbling at the kitchen table and taking you through my week and my days. And really, I'm taking myself through it. It's kind of a form of meditation, the stream of consciousness. I don't even know or realize what I'm talking about all the time. And I'm just staring at the wall like a psychopath right now. Like, I can't even imagine if someone was able to, like, peek around the corner and just look at me while I'm talking into a phone, like, staring at a wall. It's insanity. I'm literally looking at, at shelving right now and a wall. And somehow, this is my passion. So, that is proof, ladies and gentlemen, of mental illness. But I've always embraced my mental illness. It never really dawned on me that it would eventually be a problem. I didn't want that. I didn't mean to cause you problems. I didn't mean to be your downer. I didn't mean to be a Debbie Downer. Let's brighten the mood, huh? Let's let's get the mood back up. What can we uh, What can we expect? Um, listen, how can we make this optimistic? Okay, happy happiness. What What are some things that make you happy? Uh, sunshine and lollipops and kittens and doggies, little doggies, puppies. That's what you call little doggies, puppies. And what else? Oh, frozen yogurt. It's summertime. All the happy thoughts. Maybe a little bird chirping in your front lawn or something. Maybe it rained last night, but it's sunny today, but you can still smell the dew on the grass. 
<sighs> Are you happy now? Okay. I didn't want to leave y'all angry and upset. Yeah, so this has been an interesting week. I have seen lots of things and been lots of places, and it's great to be here with you right now as I'm talking to you at the kitchen table in lovely New Brunswick, Canada. Thank you for being here. It's Birchwood Podcast in the Birchwood Trailer Park. I talk a lot about it because I want to get the message out there that this podcast exists. I interview friends, family members, comedians, and all sorts of interesting folk. So just email the podcast, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com, so that I can speak to you. I had another long day today, and uh, yeah, it's just been nonstop work. Um, coming up on the podcast, I have an interview with Manola Zontanos. I am uh, excited about the upcoming shows. I'm looking forward to my date with Lishi on the river. We're going to go tubing on Saturday. It's going to be so much fun. I think these are all things that I've mentioned before. They're on my mind and I keep thinking about days off because I'm, I'm a worker bee now. I'm just like you. I'm a Monday to Friday guy. And uh, sometimes I get in front of 900 people in a big theater and open for one of the more popular comedians on the east coast of Canada. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. You know, I mean, just listening to me, do you think that I'm that funny? Not really. I'm not. I, I, I can structure a joke pretty good. I can write uh, pretty funny stuff. Now, I say write. But uh, I don't really write anything, you know. I just, uh, I, I say things in conversation. If it makes people laugh, then I write it down as a point of interest. And I keep these uh, bullet points with me in, uh, in a comedy book or more recently just in the, uh, in the cell phone. I, I'm an Android guy. Are you, are you an Android person or or an apple person i find there's two camps and uh, i know that uh, google tried to have a phone and blackberry tried to hang in there but they were crushed by the two titans of the cellular device industry apple and samsung who do you think will win? I think Samsung has the upper hand right now. I think they that Apple lost their vision when Steve Jobs died. I think they they I mean they have innovators and they have people working hard and everything. I just don't think it's working, man. I think the iPhone was a, a good uh innovation. And then I think it just kind of dropped off, to be honest. I remember when, uh, you know, iTunes and like your your iPad, iPod was cool. You know, it was like you listen to it. it. It can hold as many songs as you can imagine. You can buy Apple digital music from Apple. And uh, now there's so much pirating and free downloading going on. Uh, well, it's not free. It's against the law. Please don't do it. But yeah, you can do it. <laughs> so people do it. They don't pay anymore. And that's got to be hurting 
musicians and um, even less sadly the music industry. Why am I talking about that? I have no idea. Speaking of music, um, very happy about a new song that um, Logic and Eminem came out with. Uh, I think it's some of the best rhyming I've ever heard. It's so tight. It's so good. And it's called Homicide. And it's got a video uh, featuring Chris D'Elia. And it's an interesting uh, story behind the video. And I've been enjoying that. Um, Yeah, and I found out one of the guys I work with loves hip-hop. So we're talking about Jedi Mind Tricks and... uh, and some new artists that uh, he's introducing me to, some of them, most of them uh, are, you know, the ones he likes are are not uh, not that bad. But a lot of new hip hop I've heard is auto tune and uh, and mumbling and not very unique in my opinion. I I, I just I don't I don't I can I kind of see it as. The new pop music. I, I'm not into it at all. Um, I kind of miss that big divide between rap and, and rock, you know? I kind of miss the old school. But I will say there's uh, new artists all the time that are innovating. And uh, it's interesting to see what's out there. What are you watching? What are you watching these days? This is something that I can talk about. I am watching a show called Baskets. Uh, you can't get it on Netflix Canada. We get it uh, online through one of the many providers you can get. Anyway, this show is, is on FX, and it's called Baskets, and it's uh, starring Zach Galifianakis, and uh, he plays Chip and Dale Baskets. They're brothers, uh, Chip Basket goes to France to train to be a professional clown and his brother Dale Baskets runs a community college and that's where the story begins and their mother is Louis Anderson legendary comedian and uh, Louis Anderson and they, he plays the mother which is a very interesting role it's very cool and he does a great job and it's so funny the show is just absurd. It's filled with colorful characters and it's just so, so, so funny. And, uh, Chip's girlfriend, uh, is played by a comedian, uh, comedian, uh, and I don't know her name, but she's very monotone and makes me laugh so, so much. And, uh, check it out. It's called Baskets. And uh, Louis C.K. produces it. And that and that's something that I love. Uh, I love uh, Louis C.K.'s work. Um, what else can I tell you? That's it. That's all I'm going to tell you this week, man. Oh, what else am I watching? Okay, so I also watched The Orville. Have you guys seen The Orville? It's like a funny Star Trek. And it's... Uh, Seth MacFarlane production, and it's not—it's not, it's not uh, wall-to-wall laughs like you'd expect the creator of Family Guy to give you. Uh, there's some t- 
touching and tender moments as well. It's a a dramedy, right? So it's got some drama and some comedy. It's it's really really good, man. It's a sharp show, and it's called the the Orville, and I love it. So I watch that. I watch uh, Baskets, and uh, what else have I been doing? Been playing a lot of mini clip pool. <laughs> have you ever have you ever played that? It's it's a little game that you can get on your phone, and it's just pool. You can play nine ball or or regular pool, and uh, my buddy Trevor Muxworthy plays it. And we were talking about it. And uh, the thing that bugs me about it, man, it's just a small complaint. It's a perfect game otherwise. Uh, there are two things that bug me about it. First of all, it's a, it's wasting all of my free time. Like I'm always on the goddamn phone playing this stupid little mini clip pool game. But, uh, you know, they give you these fake rewards like, oh, you just won 500 coins. What can you do with coins? spend more to enter tournaments like nothing you can't do anything it's not real this isn't real life it's a goddamn game that i'm trapped in that's my first complaint my second complaint is uh when you miss a shot it tells you oh like if you're you're either uh, solids or striped you're either solids or stripes and it tells you when the first ball you hit in whether it's a solid or stripe it'll tell you you are stripes or you are solids so the second ball you go to hit is whatever, say your solids, and you miss that ball, and say you scratch, you know, the cue ball goes into the pocket, or you miss it completely, or whatever it is, the the uh, the game tells you, oh, you needed to hit a solid ball. Like that's the other thing that really bothers me. I'm like, yes, I I know. Did you not see me try to hit it? You saw that, right? Anyway, very small complaint. Very stupid thing that popped into my head. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, it, it, I'm so scatterbrained, and I think it's just uh, total exhaustion, but in a good way. I, I feel I feel exhausted, but I feel good because I know that uh, my hard work is going to pay off. There's a bunch of things happening. Big show at Chuckles coming up at the end of January 26th and 27th. Uh, my my very good friend, my very, very dear friend, Manola Zontanos is coming to Chuckles. I can't wait to sit down and do a podcast with him. Uh, he's actually been a part of a podcast with Gavin Stevens and uh, Patrick Coppolano uh, called Girls Night Out. So if you have a chance check out Girls Night Out. I don't think they're doing it anymore. I think there's a huge back catalog, but it's hilarious. They talk about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and everything in between. It's called Girls Night Out. And uh, if you like that podcast, there's another one my buddies in Halifax do called uh, The Boys Club, which is awesome as well. Very funny. And um, anyway, so there's a couple podcasts that I recommend. And, uh, of course, yeah, listen to Atlantic Canada's number one podcast, comedy and talking podcast, uh, featuring the spawn of St. John, Mark Splude. It's called the Splude cast. And, uh, that's in my opinion, the best podcast out there, uh, in this area of Canada. Anyway, um, those are some things you can listen to. And, uh, what was I talking about? Mini clip pool. And, uh, oh, my buddy Manolis is coming to town to do, to do chuckles. I can't wait to sit down and do a podcast with him. Um, so that's coming up. Uh, so that's, uh, that's exciting stuff.
and like yeah oh this this exhaustion this my brain is firing all cylinders but i think in the wrong order and i think it's just straight up i'm tired but i'm tired in a good way i'm going to sleep well tonight knowing that i worked hard for my family and that we are uh, getting the bills paid i got to go to bed but uh, because it's, you know, late at night, it's not actually Friday for me right now in this reality. But for you, it is. So thank you for listening to the podcast. This is a really great interview. I know you're going to love it. It's going to be so great. Um, yeah, I can't tell you how fun it was to talk to this guy. He's just a cool guy, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's uh, simply and plainly one of the cool people in the world. Like, I instantly felt that way. <laughs> in contrast to how much I hate most people, uh, Dave Merhej, 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 Dave Merhej, Dave Merhej, um, was just a nice person. I was re really intimidated to talk to him at first because uh, I don't talk to too many people that are on Netflix. You know, that's a, that's kind of a big deal. I get a little starstruck, you know, but he just, when you meet him, he instantly puts you at ease. Um, you may have seen him on the television program, Mr. D, or, um, you may know that this year he won a Juno album, Juno award for the best comedy album in Canada. Uh, he has a Netflix special called Beautifully Manic. And yeah, it's, this guy is just having a great year. And for some reason, uh, we were able to book him. It was amazing. I, I cannot believe that we, we had the privilege of having him at our club. Um, and he just destroyed both nights. And he sat down uh, to talk to me at the hotel. Uh, it was... Uh, just a pleasure to talk to him, and he's really funny and fun, personable, and uh, yeah, I just wish him nothing but the best. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, it's great to meet people like that. There's still great people in the world, and uh, Dave is proof. So enjoy my interview with Dave Merhesh. Merhesh, Dave Merhesh. Enjoy my interview with Dave Merhesh. Um, well, I'll tell you after. But... <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, okay. I don't want. You... Oh, that's okay. Drop a pin in that already. <laughs> eh? <laughs> well, it's uh, thank you for doing the podcast. Oh, and, pleasure, uh, um, where to begin? Because a lot of like a lot of podcasts, I find like kind of focus on like you know just talking about comedy, and I like talking shop, and we did some of that last yeah, night. Yeah. But what I really am interested in is the human being. Um, now. You know, you're you're doing our club here in uh, St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. And I always say that whole thing in case there's somebody. Because I have 40% of my listeners are in the United States for some reason. That's amazing. I have no idea why. Uh, they'd show you the analytics. In the, oh, in the yeah. Actual, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, cool. that could be all bullshit. Somebody could be just fucking with people. No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> some nerd is like, I'm not giving them the real stats. <laughs> he just tells you it's all people from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, I think that's even, that's dope. 
That's yeah. great, man. It's fun. I like it. Uh, it's giving me. It gives me something to do, like creatively, because I'm kind of. Well, I am. I'm out of the game. I do a lot of local yeah. comedy, but um, I can't imagine what it's like for you, like traveling around. It must be such a joy to to see all the different cities. And I know you yeah. get in a routine because I, I used to do it. You go to hotels. You know, the, the airport lost your. The, yeah, the airline luggage. lost your luggage this <laughs> trip. There's little things like that, but like for the most part, you're out there doing what you love. What's yeah. that like? Yeah, I enjoy. I, I like going. You know, because I probably wouldn't go to certain places if I wasn't doing stand up. Uh, I don't right, know, you because know I mean? you're, like, some things I, are obligations. Yeah, it, um, there's a lot of a lot of times I'm curious, and then there's like places where I'll, I'll be like, "Oh, I wish I can go there." And then m- months later, or maybe a few years later, I get to go through stand up, and I'm genuinely excited. Sometimes it sucks because you're in and out, so you don't get to like get to know like the town and stuff like that yeah like when i was in filming in halifax at least i was there for like maybe like four days on and off for like the summer and i enjoyed that because you know you you make uh i met like um friends like people that i don't you know like uh, uh in they halifax. weren't comics like or they uh, somewhere somewhere but yeah. he, this this guy he he kind of he, he just did comedy because I was doing the Lebanese festival for three days, so he was hosting. But he, oh, right, you're Lebanese. He, yeah, he wasn't really like. Why a don't I? Why don't? Why do I not go? Oh yeah, like hey, there's a Lebanese guy. I never, I never have done that, and I, I don't think that maybe white people don't acknowledge Lebanese, like because uh, I, I never think about Lebanese people. There's a, there's a lot, but there's a lot of Lebanese, Lebanese people. But I also don't like, you know, I'm, I was born in Canada, and my parents are from Lebanon, so I, I. I you know, I'm, I was Canadian-born with how, Lebanese heritage. How much of your, like, is there, like, traditions and stuff associated with Lebanese? Uh, I mean, there must be. There must yeah, be. Yeah, we, like, we in the house, We I, when I go back to visit in Windsor, where I grew up, I try to talk um, in Arabic to my parents. So, they, you know, so I still have the language. Um, and, yeah, we, we eat, we, my mom will make Lebanese food and, you know. Nice. They still is it spicy? Church. Nah, not the not the ones no? not the not the ones I eat. I got I, I gotta try I some. Her, I tell her not to make it spicy, maybe, but I, yeah. I'm not a big spicy person. Yeah, but like they still go to Lebanese church, like so they, they're yeah. still like I don't know if that per se tradition, but um, and there's like the Lebanese our, festivals. Our, now I've heard immigrant parents can be very strict. Were your parents strict? Yeah. They're first generation. Straight out of Lebanon, and then they go to Windsor. That's the first stop. Yeah, but they went. They didn't. They didn't meet in Lebanon. So my dad came over. I think his sister came over first, and he came. So yeah. Then the whole family started to, to migrate over, and then my mom came when she was younger. With her I family. love that joke you say about your dad when he's trying to express love, and I won't burn the bit because I don't know what you're <laughs> what you're releasing and what you've already done. But you know, I that I can relate to that so much because my stepdad was, you know, he would be very strict with me and and I would be afraid all the time, just constant fear of dad. And then he would be fixing my skateboard for me. So I knew he loved me, but he never said it. Yeah. But he never really, like... Older fathers, like that generation, they just, that's not what they did, right? Yeah, and I don't think it ever, like, I don't don't think there was at one point where I was like, oh, man, does my dad love me? Me. You know, like, where, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. maybe I was. I maybe didn't wonder I was either. Dumb, and I was like, oh, that's how parents. I thought every parent was like, yeah, they're not supposed to really show you. 
Yeah. My mom showed a lot, though. She was the... Uh, she, she was affectionate? Like, overly affectionate. Like, she still, like, calls us all. You were like, ah, come on, mom. <laughs> right? No? No, because she it's adorable. Like, she still calls every single sibling until they go to sleep. How many siblings do you have? Do you uh, have siblings? Yeah, two brothers and a sister. I'm the oldest, but they... My sister lives... My, they all live in one house, but... Um, except my one brother doesn't live... He has his own spot. So she makes sure to call us till we go to sleep. Like, last night, she called me and it was like three in the morning like text me like make sure you get to the hotel that's oh like that's nice so it's man. like doesn't so part of it is like she is extremely loving but also i think there's an anxiety factor there where oh like, where you're where, you're putting her at ease by telling her yeah she's okay. it, that that it, her strictness was uh, like she cleaned a lot she was like a germaphobe she still is so then there was yeah. like things like, but too much like, too much. Probably like her, her living room is a museum kind of thing. Like yeah, everything yeah. is has its place. And yeah, and there, probably you should have like in hindsight they she maybe should have went to see, you know talked it out with a therapist. But like at that time, but you know what? Um, we're also doing a show this weekend, and one one of your openers is he Feng Zhou. Yeah, and he said because uh, he's from uh, China, and he said that um, like there they don't really do therapy like the middle class don't yeah. do therapy at all and okay. and he said i come to canada and he's like it seems like everybody has a counselor or talks to their therapist you know something yeah like that. he it goes true. in china he's like basically don't be a pussy like that's <laughs> that's i think yeah. that's part of their like right under the chinese flag it just says don't, don't be, be a, a pussy. pussy welcome to china don't be a pussy i think i think there's a there's i think we might have like i think it became a luxury here, maybe. Like, yeah, I think sometimes, yes. like, I think there is a need for it. it helps first world people, problems. Yeah. But I think exactly it was like more of like we're using this for first world problem. Where my mom probably like I don't know if it was in the culture. I don't know at the time if she detected it or maybe she ignored it. But the, like nineteen seventies Lebanese, yeah. maybe not. Eh? No, even that, even the seventies. And anybody, anybody, I think probably yeah. yeah was inaccessible to a lot and, of people. And my dad doesn't. From at least what he shows us, doesn't maybe I don't detect anxiety, I don't detect fear. <laughs> like I'm like ah, oh. so it's like two one has anxiety, and my brother, my youngest brother is like my dad, so he's like, oh, I don't get it, man. Why don't you just fix it? Yeah, like that's that. There's only that step. I don't yeah. get it, man. Like you know, if you're sad, I love the happy. way those guys are wired. Yeah. Because I, I, I do, I experience a lot of anxiety. I worry about things. And, you know, basically, uh, when, I was, when I was talking to uh, he last night, he, he just said, like, basically, you need to go to China. Like, you need to go to a third world country. Like, you need to go yeah. and see how people live. Because then he goes, all of these, it's a luxury to feel anxiety and all the, you know. Yeah, it is. And I, and I, and I was like, oh, shit. Um, I'm the asshole. Like, I got to look at myself, you know what uh, I mean? Not, like, like I, Same thing with, like, a friend of mine. He, he, he was, We were talking about the same thing. We were laughing. He had called me. We FaceTimed each other, and he was like, what's up with you? And what's? And I just we, I started laughing. I go, bro, these are, like, the wackest first world problems. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was like, Yo, and I go, it's like, how luxury, how much luxury do we have? And he yeah. started laughing. Like like we both started laughing. Like today, you and I are going to go to a restaurant. Yeah. People are going to bring us our food. <laughs> Uh, you're doing like silly, silly jokes for a living. Yeah, I don't even take you that serious. Like, I take it serious, but I still think it's hilarious that you get you get money and you and, and for ideas for ideas. And then when so when people get worked up about it, I was like, 
I don't know, man, he's just a comic. Like, I don't understand why it's so, like, when critics review it, like, like yeah. intensively, it's just like, we're just telling jokes, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's professionally fucking around. It is. It's it, a, there, there's a prof- yeah. It is a profession. Like, you are a trade, like, I'm an electrician, yeah. and you're a comedian. You have a, like, That's, it is a, a serious vocation, but it's, yeah. it's not about seriousness. It's such a no. weird... Yeah, and I think when I was like a, in a, uh, before high school, we would always be at the playground, and our older cousins would be playing basketball. We never were allowed to play because we we're obviously younger, and uh, we would just after we would just make these jokes. But I didn't know what I was doing. We just were just in a circle, just trying to like either make fun of this, our friend and this, and go back. You, and you forth. I, I've been around you now for a day, and and it seems like you like to laugh. Like you, yeah, yeah it's, it's genuine. It's not. Like we're not riffing on bits. We're not sitting down with a pen and paper, no, legal no. pad, and going, "Okay, so how do we structure this bit?" <laughs> no. We're just fucking around, yeah. laughing, like laughing about your luggage being missing, laughing about yeah. the green room is small, all these different things, and it's just like we're just having fun. But you know, I think it's interesting when um, someone like yourself is able to take all of those. Things that, you know, were just in the beginning, maybe being the class clown or fucking around or uh, having fun, and then actually point it in a, in in a, a right, way yeah. that... Uh, I, I enjoy, like, I'm fine if I'm the butt of the joke if the joke is is fun. I don't really, I don't, I don't you know, when, when people... That's why I laugh when people take things personal. I, I don't understand it, I'm you know, but, you know, I, maybe it's ego on their part or their... They're molded a perfect idea of who they are, and you're fucking with their mold in public. So then, they're—that's they, their anxiety. But I truly don't care if you like mock me, and I'm and people, everyone's laughing, unless it, if it's dope. Yeah, it's a dope joke. Like if it's like in poor taste, and if it's whack, then I might have like an issue. I'll be like yelled out. But if it's dope, and everyone can make fun of me, then like that's I. That's how much I enjoy laughter or the art or the idea of comedy. Of like this is all sacrifice. Like when I was younger, I would like purposely make myself the the loser in the situation, so that the joke could pop. No, I just love I love this stance. I love you're like fuck it, give me a full pizza. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> give me a large. I'm ready to rock the fuck out. I like <laughs> I like your Saturday night style. You're like you know what, man? Did you eat the whole thing? That's nachos. Actually. Oh, it's it's nachos. Oh, what a mind fuck. Uh, <laughs> did you do that? Did you go, give me nachos in a pizza box? And they were like, oh, man, come on. We work at Boston Pizza. Don't, too much on the brain. <laughs> I just pictured someone behind at Boston Pizza going, no, I swear to God. They said nachos in a fucking pizza box. And then he's like, you're fucking out of your mind, friend. That's not real. You're on acid again. He goes, no, she said it. Just crying in the back. I don't understand it either. It's a weird man. <laughs> that's how, maybe that's a problem. <laughs> maybe that's how I should have sat there. But I was like, yo, I'm going to come into this circle and I'm going to be the loser in this because the joke is going to be higher. And that's what matters. It doesn't I, matter about me. I just, I love you instantly because you remind me of one of my heroes. And this is going to sound strange because you look nothing like him and you don't, uh, you have a different kind of style. But it, it, it's still, at the heart of it, I think, like, Chris Farley did that. Like, Chris Farley, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, Chris Farley would sacrifice himself. Yeah. That was his whole thing. Yeah. But that's only part of what you do because you have really intelligently written material. You know, like oh, you have you. very funny, and you could tell that there was it was thoughtful and uh, and and you know had took some skill to write. Yeah. You know, but you also are able to you know laugh at at silly farts and be like you know like you you can make yeah, yourself you, a joke or you, you have should, a lot of different tools that you use you should be able to do that and i think that's fine like i think people comics also you know uh, the audience doesn't know what to hack it they don't care like last night when i watched your show i didn't look at you and go oh he's a misdirection guy or he's a a, a guy that does dark humor like you did everything it was it was like manic it was and, and i understand your that title beautifully manic because it, it was like because that's your uh, yeah 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 it's like your, yeah. your show on on Netflix but like the title really rings true because you're you're saying you're saying a lot of different jokes in a lot of different ways and it's kind of like a machine gun it's happening all at once you you um, stalk the stage you know you're walking back and forth you're very physical you're using arm movements facial expressions you're you're taking your hat off and on you're putting your foot up on the stool <laughs> you're, do, you're doing a lot of physicality but you're also doing a lot a lot of well-written material you're doing a lot of ass cans you're throwing a lot of different paint on your canvas and it's just really beautiful to watch and really interesting to Thank me you. because you know, I got maybe two or three gears, and you seem like an 18-speed bike. You know what I mean? You have a lot of different things going oh. on all at once, and it's just, like, so interesting to well, watch I like as that. a comedy fan. Like, the, uh, that, again, I, I, I think we, we, you know, we all, I, you know, like maybe I did it, too, where you, like, look at a comic, and you, you might be like, oh, that might be hacky. But then as I got older, I'm, like, trying not to think like that because that's not fair and it's just like that's not who cares it's just their taste of comedy it's not for everyone because the audience isn't walking away i feel critiquing that heavily no they don't i don't think they care so then comedians critique each other that heavily and it discourages a lot of people i know a lot of funny people that were discouraged because they were like comics in the back of the room or shit talking them and they're like well i'm not doing this anymore and that's heartbreaking because it's like someone's dream yeah and it was a group of people that like like why because the audience they don't care. They're not sitting in their living room going like, oh, man, did he do too many act outs? Like, they're uh, not, yeah. they're not, they don't. Yeah, you're only allowed terms. to have three, you're only, <laughs> you only have to have, uh, you know, three, or how did the rule of threes, remember, it was like punch, yeah. tag, tag, <laughs> not three tags, no. Yeah. Like, they paint you into a corner, you're like, what am I supposed to do That's here? That's what like, I'm saying. You can only do two meme jokes in the span of ten yeah. minutes. Like, what is going on? My brothers don't care. They come to watch comedy. They don't give a fuck. We they... talked about those workshops that used to happen. Yeah. Uh, there was a Calgary uh, comedy club, yeah. and they used to have these workshops. The pro comics would tell the amateur comics exactly how to do comedy. And I remember some of those old school comics, man. They, they would be like, yeah. listen, you're here to take my job. And uh, I don't like that. So you're going to have to be pretty fucking good if you want to, like, live up yeah. to me. And I was just like, <laughs> what? What is going on? Like, I came here because it's fun and you made yeah. me laugh and I admire you. Yeah. And now you're making it difficult and you're, like, telling me it's pretty much impossible. I, yeah. And it's just, like, all this discouragement. <laughs> but but the whole idea of comedy as the – I call it the art of surprise, you know, because yeah. in order to uh, make someone laugh, I – believe there has to be an element of surprise and everybody's got a different way of doing it and if you project your ideas because i remember sitting there as an amateur comic looking at that pro going if i listen to every word this man says and i become 
that guy. I'm literally becoming that, that guy. guy yeah. I don't want to be that guy. No. So when I did the workshop, everybody loved it because, I, and it was such a beautiful mom. It's like they're like, "Do you want to teach the class?" I'm like, "I am. I'm not. I'm not. I'm the. I'm the kid sitting in the chair still." But I guess I wasn't, and yeah. I didn't see that transformation. And I said to the everybody there, "I'm like." If you want to be exactly like me, listen to what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah. But I, my only thing that I have to teach you, and I'm sorry, I know this is a 45-minute class, but I only have 45 seconds worth of knowledge. Be who you are. Yeah. And don't let anybody tell you to, like, to do differently or whatever, you know. And that's, a, that's the bet. That's a good way to – that's the that's – the, um, that's a proper way. I don't want to say that the other – Comics who are right. doing those workshops. Yeah, everybody not has, has a different idea. Thing, but I think that's that's good because then there's no press. You know, because you're impressionable. So, oh you know, yeah, I was impressionable. I'd watch. I go. Yeah, because now now you've formulated your success, yeah. and and somebody says to you, "Oh, Dave, <laughs> I don't think you should do shit that way." It's like, "Oh, really?" Because I'm I'm getting paid to do what <laughs> I love to do, and I don't care what you think. You could say that now, but a uh, young Dave. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, and you know you, what happened you, to me, and it wasn't the comics' fault. Maze that he we both know know him dearly i think it was like you know i was new i was wide-eyed yeah and they were like they were like i think i was doing like jokes about my dad or like being like and then they were just advised me like man maybe you shouldn't do the immigrant jokes because there's like already a russell peters so i remember <laughs> we only have room for one well, yeah. brown guy in yeah. comedy is and that what's not, happening here <laughs> and it's not there it's not i don't think he meant it you know, as I look back, I don't think he meant it in a way that was very hurtful. I think he was just, you know, again, it's just somebody's own opinion. And yeah. maybe he saw, he goes, you know. Like, like he talks about his culture, so you can't talk about yours. Yeah, they, they, and maybe he was trying to yeah. be like, you should be more uniquer than that. I get I get it. An angle, where he was maybe, coming Where from. he was coming Maybe he was trying to be positive, but I took it to heart. Really? About like me, and I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing that then. So I went, oh and God. I found, I was like. I'm just gonna go up there and be myself, my personality, and it helped because then I just was able to find myself up there. And then I'm telling a story to Jocko Alston. Jocko Alston's a oh, rest in peace. Yeah, man. he passed away. But Did he, you know he's the first pro comic I ever opened for? No, I didn't. Um, super nice. I enjoyed. Yeah, dude, I I loved that man. Yeah, I like, like he. I, I remember being a little bit intimidated because he was this headliner guy, yeah. and then like I was also. And I'm going to reveal myself a little bit here to you. I was also a little bit scared because I thought, you know, like, I've only ever hung out with white people. Yeah. So, like, it was like, for me, because I'm from white bread New Brunswick, yeah. right? And it was like, he just made me feel comfortable That's immediately. Great. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was joking about himself being black. And then I was like... I'm uncomfortable. Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. Please don't do that. You don't well, understand how nervous I am, but he made it all okay. Did, yeah. And I remember me and Tony Benz uh, jumping on the hotel room bed because we couldn't believe we were getting paid for comedy, and Jocko was the guy we were opening for. That's and, amazing. This is yeah. when he was working with Yuck Yucks. Yeah. I, I, he was at Absolute. And again, I was nervous as well because I'm open. So, sorry, you, you were talking about well, your no, story just, with Jocko. Just, just the same thing. I was nervous. I was like in the green room. like You were opening for him. Yeah, it's like a long, long, long and, wow. he was, and he was smashing shit. And it was like the thing where they'd host and then they'd headline. So he would, I'd see him even host, and it was like, it was great. He, I was, I was, you know, scared again, nervous. Yeah, but yeah. I think I told him a story about my dad. I don't think I was doing material about my dad that intensely. And then he was like, "Oh man, you don't, you don't talk about that." I go, "No," and he goes, 
why? And I told him the story, and he goes, that's bullshit, man. He goes, you should be talking about it. And then I did, and then he saw me again, and he goes, you talking about it? I go, no, because I was still like, fuck it. And then uh, uh, my dad, in, around 2011, I, we found out he had like prostate cancer. Oh, man. So then I was like, you know what, man? So I start talking about him, because again, I was like, if I talk about him on stage, it'll show how much I care, because these stories are uh, dedicated to him. So I would do that, and then I developed a, um, uh, I was like, why don't I do a one-person show? Like, so I, was, I, but it was all because like Jocko, and then I, I don't remember if, because he had passed away, I don't remember if I had saw him, and I was like, yo, I was doing what you, mm. you told me to do, but it just took that long. It was like around 2011 and 12, and then, then I sat back and I was like, I don't care if I, if uh, I'm not gonna, I don't want to try to be with what's hot right now you know if i'm yeah. talking about my family and it's hack well so be it like yeah. this is the it's what's he, in your heart yeah he these yeah. stories are funny to me people seem to enjoy these stories they're not an immigrant story they're not like an immigrant dad story because if my dad was polish he'd be doing the same thing yeah. if he was italian he'd be, it's just a unique way he's like the arab larry david to me he's like very unique in that <laughs> aspect so i just kept doing it and then that's how and then yeah i was like why did it's not why did you're, i listen to that person it just <laughs> It took, it, that's the road I took. And I don't blame that person. I'm still friends with that person. I don't hold like, you, you fucking. We you talked know? about that last night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, like holding the anger and it's not worth it. They helped me in a sense that I found my voice. Yeah. Like I do, I do my voice. But now I talk about my dad with my voice as opposed to maybe just being a, a, a Lebanese comedian. So your dad was like a Lebanese Larry David. To me, he is. He, I, me. I love Larry David. I, Same. The, 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 when he gets in those uh, situations on his show, I know, like, I I feel like I know that his writing is from his heart. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, how could you do a show like Curb and not be that honest? Like, it just seems like it's a direct... Well, yeah, if there's in, I've saw him in interviews where he was, like, arguing with Letterman because Letterman wanted to come see him in a play, and he was telling him on the interview, he goes, please don't come. He goes, you're going <laughs> to weird me out. So I, I don't think he's... Maybe he's, they had a riff in the back, yeah, and they're yeah. like, we're going to talk about that. I think but it if, seemed genuine. And I, that's where my dad... My dad will do an example, like, my... my my brother at his house has a, had a tree. It wasn't a big tree that was obscuring the window. It wasn't. It was just a, a tree. tree. And my dad kept coming by the house. He goes, we're going to have to cut that down. And my, br my brother and his roommate were like, bro, you're like 78. We're going to get someone. He don't. So they came back and the, half the tree was cut. He had went on his own. So my uh, <laughs> brother's roommate walks up. And my dad's showing him the tree. He goes, look, man, see what I did? I, he's, uh, I, I cut it. I did it. And he's like, okay, man. He's like, you're, and then he, my dad sees, like, he goes, oh, look, man, there's a little part here I didn't get. He goes, you know what? I'm going to kick it. And then um, my brother's roommate goes, bro, I don't think you should kick it. You're like, you're like a little, that's daint. Like, just use the thing. He goes, no, no. And my dad takes a couple feet back, runs, does like a, a, a jump in the air to kick it and Missed like he hurt, hit his leg and fell. Oh, and stuff. Did he get hurt? Yeah, they were like, My brother's like, This guy's nuts, man. He's like, Almost 80. Well, why don't you just use one of those little saw things? And it's like these situations he finds himself constantly doing. We don't, and it's not like he's, I'm gonna make you laugh. It's just like, yeah. That's This is who life. he is, man. Yeah. And it's just like all the time it's like every situation he gets him gets themselves in it feels like a sitcom but, but that not. but that makes you love him more yeah because it creates obviously like a humor in a, in our family and like um 
even in dark moments, we always have that to go back to. It's like the it's like the show Shameless. It's like that one not. This, like with the drug stuff, right? But it's like a tight knit family that's like aggressive, like the dark points. But there's always that laughter when our dad brings us back, where we're like, "Oh man, look at this guy! Is he trying to tell jokes at a funeral? Like it's like this commotion, yeah. <laughs> and then this guy's doing." You something. can't believe he's in that situation. Yeah, and yeah. he constantly does that for us as a family. When, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, we're talking about uh, authenticity and and comedy, but um, I think. Oh, here's what it was. When that guy said to you, um, well, Russell already does, you know, ethnic jokes and all, you know. Do you think that no matter what the subject, if it's ethnic jokes or your history or something that seems hacky, do you think that if it's from your heart, then it automatically cancels out whatever category people are trying to put it in? Yeah, because, like, you know, there's, like, Persian comedians who just, like, who will go out there and just have Persian fan base and I was trying to explain that to to a, a to a white comedian friend of mine a dear friend of mine he was like you know why don't you why does it have to be specialty shows why can't you just have them all on one I go because man you don't understand and it's not your fault it's, I'm not trying to like attack you it's just like how would you see it any other way mm. like you know what I mean because you you know how you, you you're not your skin is different how would you you don't know like these people have been misrepresented they just need and they've always been like, you know, like five white people and then one brown person. So they're just sitting there like, fuck, man, I don't get to share my, this is great, but I don't get to share my, co-. then if you put them on a show together, it's not like we're like making it racist by dividing. It's just like they can kick it in a green room and go, oh, yeah, we do that. Like they share these these cultures and these emotions together. And there might be audience members who are discouraged. Well, they need a group as like a that. Prom- as a promoter, I love package shows. So, like a long time ago, there was this group of women, and I said, "Hey, we should do like an all female review or something like that." And they're like, "What are you talking about?" They got angry with me. Yeah. But now you see it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? It's just like no, 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 yeah, no. Wrong. I'm not misogynist. I just want to sell tickets. Like, yeah, I, you know and what that's I mean? what I try to explain. So it's there a business, was, like, too. and and I mean, how legendary is the Nubian night in Toronto? Like huge, huge. And that's, and that's what that's that's what I I sorry I didn't even I didn't even. And get then to it becomes like a that. rite of rite of passage for like a white guy to do to do it. Like Wait. a black room or something, and then it's like, whoa, you did that, and how did they go? Because it's either going to go fucking amazing, or they're going to boo you off the yeah. stage, right? And so then it becomes like this rite of passage. A it community makes it more interesting, as well. and a community. Yeah. You're brought in our community, not yeah. you per se. You but feel you are, that love. You do, you know? and you get to yeah. see like, and it's not a thing where we were like, ah, oh, fuck these white people, man. They don't trust <laughs> ours. It's just like, hey, man, we, you know, we get to we get to share these ideals that we might ha- might um, have together. And what's and again, there's. That's another problem. That might be a thing too. Where it's like, let's say somebody who's ethnic goes, "I'm intimidated by going down to Yuck Yucks on a Friday. Oh, Maybe I'm yeah. nervous." Yeah. But then you package guess, a show yeah. where it's like, "Oh, they're, it's a Jamaican show. I'm Jamaican. Yeah. I feel comfortable." Man, I brought you know Dale. I, I introduced you to Dale, my yeah, best friend. Yeah. yeah. I took him to uh, an LGBT uh, comedy show, and it was at in Fredericton, and we were going to see um, Shelley something. Marshall. Yeah. Yeah, I know Shelly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going to see her, and she's like the queen mother. You know, like great. She's like she has she has this she has this love for gay and trans people. She's amazing. And like so, we go to this theater. I'm going to see Shelly Marshall because I'm a Shelly Marshall fan. Yeah. And I said, Dale, you want to come? Yep, yep. You know, and he's like the guy who fixes (laughs) tractors and shit, and he's just like. 
what? Why is everybody? <laughs> He's like looking around. Everybody around us is full on like couples and stuff. You know, everybody's gay, right? And there's boas and shit. And it's just like, but when I was there in that audience, I felt more joy and more love and respect and everything because I, I suppose they're tempered with intolerance yeah. all the time. Yeah. So it's like whenever I do like talk to someone who is a different race, gender, sexual orientation, whatever it is, I often have a better, more meaningful conversation than I do with someone who's just, you know, white or my, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it just seems like I'm more welcome. And there's this stigma that, oh, geez, you know, like, I don't want to be a white guy walking into a brown room or something. No, but it's more It's than just like, no, you want to run in there with your arms wide yeah. open, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and let's say my dad and my mom. Let's say my well, Maybe not run. That would no, make no, freaks no, yeah. black. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, my, what is that white guy up to? My parents don't like frequent comedy shows as much. They'll come no. watch me. But let's say they, they there was a show tailored to them, like an Arab show, that mm -hmm. they can go. What if they enjoyed it so much, now they're like, well, I'm breaking this anxiety. Now I want to go watch... Yeah, nor like just just shows that are just shows. So I yeah. think that helps too. Like that indirectly, I feel motivates people who don't normally go to shows to go to other shows. Yeah. So going back to my friend, it's like of course he feels that way. It's like most of the shows have, have you know, and not in a bad way, have like featured like just white performers. Yeah. From since time, so it's like so maybe it's not an interest to a ethnic family who's like, well, I don't know, what am I going to go see this? But then they yeah. see a tailored show and then they go, oh, I love comedy now. And they're like, I'm going to see everything. So yeah. I think that's the beauty of it. I think it, the beauty of it is too. And it's yeah. helpful and stuff like that. And it, and it's more, you know, something that I don't really think about being here in New Brunswick on the east coast of Canada because we, we have a small population. Yeah. It is diverse and it's becoming more diverse all the time as university students come. I saw it at so, Walmart when I went. Yep, yeah, exactly. So it's happening, and it's great. And uh, but I, you know, because I used to go, you know, ten, twenty years ago, I would go to Toronto International Airport, yeah. and I would come back to New Brunswick, and I would say, "Man, you should have seen all the people there. Like, there's from everywhere. It's yeah. amazing." And uh, then you come to New Brunswick, and it's like eleven white people at the airport, and you know, you're just like <laughs> some guy, like you know, a farmer or something. You know, just like, ah. Dude, I, when I was in Walmart, I, I was just looking around for stuff and then I just saw family speaking Arabic and I was like yeah what that <laughs> happens all the time I was like oh shit I, I thought it was dope but I was so, like caught off guard I was like huh so and, like I get so nervous as a white guy right I walk and, and every time I see someone who's Arabic or uh, clearly does not speak English yeah. as a first language I'll walk up to them usually at Walmart oddly and I'm like hey how you doing <laughs> and I and then I feel like, wait, is that reverse racism? Like, <laughs> I purposely went up to them to make them feel happy. You know what I mean? I gave a guy. Uh, remember when all that stuff was going on with Syria, and we yeah. were we were getting Syrian refugees. A bunch of Syrian refugees came here. I saw a family uh, at a restaurant, and they were like, it was also attached to a hotel. And the I think the government was maybe putting them up for a little bit oh, okay. to get them settled. And I saw them, and uh, I went up to the the man. I said hello, thank you know, welcome, because his translator was yeah. with him. 
And I was, it, it's not weird, I was actually working in that hotel at the okay, time. Okay, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And I said to the man, like, I, I said hello to everyone, and I, like, shook the man's hand, and then I went to shake shake the woman's hand, and that's not cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And and then I gave, I just gave him 20 bucks. I'm like, yeah. I just, I, I don't have a lot of money, but I want to welcome you, and yeah. here's $20. And, and they were so happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then I got further educated and found out they're like before the war they're like middle class upper middle class i could have potentially just gave a guy who had very good job (laughs) here's twenty dollars welcome you know it's just like ah, for fuck's sakes i will never get this right as a a white dude in the in this era you will never get it right. well because you but just accept that just accept you're not going to get it right and you're goofy and you're fucked up yeah and everybody will just guide you, you know? <laughs> so I'll tell you that out the gate. So we're walking, it's like, and it's raining this night. It's just raining everyone. From a distance, I'm, I, this is gonna sound rude, I, we see, me and Hugo see, like, um, uh, we see a midget, I, I, right? And like dancing like this, like, right? I've never, I, I'm sorry, I know it's ignorant, I've never seen a midget in real life till, but I, and I'm drunk, right? And I go to Hugo, I go, holy fuck, that's a midget. I don't know, we were so excited. I can't even explain that feeling. I don't know why. I know it's ignorant. We just saw them on TV and we're like, holy shit, they're in Windsor. I, we're young. We're like 19. We're like, fuck, let's just sit high. I, and he goes, what do you want to do? I go, let's just be around it. I don't know what kind of move that was. We just stood around and then Mitchie is dancing in the rain. That's what the crazy part. I, no umbrella. I don't know why. <laughs> I still don't think, I don't know till this day why this midget was just dancing in the rain. And we weren't the only pieces of shit. There was a squad around it. It's not just us. But we didn't know the squad that was their midget. You know what I mean? Like, we did not know. We thought this guy had an audience. We're like, fuck yeah, this guy's making money. I don't see a hat anywhere. There's no change. He's doing it for the love, right? So Hugo is just standing there, and then somebody punch it. They just punch Hugo. And they're like, stop watching the midget. I swear, they said that, and they punched Hugo in the face. I go, holy shit, this just got... And you know, it, it went from happy midget dancing to my buddy getting punched. That's a, So my face buckled. I go, that's not, that's not cool, right? And then, a fucking, and then the guy gets mad. He goes, you guys are watching the midget. That's our friend. You're ignorant. And I, you know, I'm drunk. I'm like, no, no, no. I, and I yell out, I've never seen one. Nothing you're saying is helping. And the guy goes, what the fuck you mean you've never seen one? I go, I've only seen it on TV. No disrespect to the midget. I don't know its name. But I was geeked. I'm sorry. I'm young. I don't know what's happening. Uh, and they're with, like, these three white girls. And they they got white girly. You know what I mean? They're like, you fucking stupid fucks. You know, you know white girls, like, you know, the crusaders. They're just like, you fucking pieces of shit. This is wrong. And you're like, bitch, I don't know. You, you, I've never seen a midget. Why? It's not that thing. This is dope as shit fight breaks out, right? I, and again, I can't fight. I, they push us. I get scared. I fall to the ground. This guy sits down with me. And I thought he was going to say hello. No, he punched me right in the nose. My glasses fucking flew, right? And I, I can't see now again, right? And I'm like, hell! I'm just saying hell, right? It's like six white girls, three white dudes, and me and Hugo, right? I'm Arabic. He's Mexican. We're losing... <laughs> And for some odd reason, Hugo finds himself in the middle of the street now. I, I don't know why they were fighting, like they were from the 60s, but they were duking it up. And I go, holy shit, this is going to go down, right? 
I see a high, uh, uh, elementary school friend, Sal Chab. He's walking across, that, you know, a Cambodian guy, right? I don't know why I said it. He has a funny name. He just walk, he's walking, and then I, I, we, Sal turns and he just sees us. He sees the midget. It's a weird thing for Sal. He, he sees Hugo fighting a guy in the middle of the street and a midget dancing in the rain. So Sal, Sal turns and he goes, Hugo! And Dave! And we're like, ah! And I, he, fuck, I'll never forget it. Sal just, I don't know why he did that. He knew we were outnumbered, right? So Sal, they don't know who he is. They just see Sal go like this. They go, Sal goes, ah! I don't know what move that was. I still, till this day, don't know if that's a real street fight move. But Sal goes, ah, and we all stop. And I was like, fuck, I can't believe this guy's on our team. We're going to die now even more. Sal starts running. I swear to you, I don't know if you guys ever played Mortal Kombat. He He was in the air. Luke kicked the guy in the fucking face. But when the guy fell and Sal fell and he went like this, he went, and everybody ran. Even the midget fucked off. I don't know if you hobbled off. You hobbled off. I got mad. Well, it's like a panic, almost like you know, you, 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 you not you, you in that situation, but like I think a lot of times white people might be like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come off racist because like it's it got it got heavy for them. They you can't like, you can't even make that announcement. No, no. you can't go into a room and you, no. hey, listen, I don't want to come <laughs> off racist, but my uncle's in the KKK, <laughs> and I want you to know I don't like him very much. Yeah, you can't. There's nothing you, no, you can say because yeah. it, it got too high, it got too hot for you guys. It was oh, big like, time! Like everything was coming, and we deserve it. Coming down, we and totally then, deserve it. Yeah, and then you come out now. You're like, ah, look, I just want to give twenty bucks. People are like, is that racist? You're like, I. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Just trying. Uh, everything is too too intense. So it is, man. That's why when you you know, because if I did that, who's gonna say I'm like I'm Lebanese? I yeah, go, of course. Oh. You're just helping your brothers, you know. Or, like, yeah. yeah, no people are gonna be like whatever, but it's still crazy. That I'm, <laughs> like, I could have very well insulted that man. Tried to touch his yeah. wife. Like I don't this even guy's know. Like so. these fucking Canadians. Like, I would have done them. the same thing. I would have because uh, you know I was born in Canada, so I you know I I wasn't born in the Middle East, so I might have fucking not educated myself enough, and I would have went shook her hand, and they would have been like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, like even I did a show once for Sau for Saudis in Toronto, and they had, and the women were on one side and the men were on one side. Oh really? And I was like, I this is so distant to what I grew yeah, up. Yeah, what's going on? And it's yeah. not like I walked in like I was I bombed. I did was awful. He <laughs> cut me off from the back. The, the organizer came and he goes, I turned and he goes, Yeah, and then a balloon popped because there's children in the oh, yeah. in the front row. Or not even in the row, they're on the ground. So when he went, You gotta go, the balloon went pah and I'm like, I'm out of here and put them it was but I wasn't like I walk in like this is like every day. I was like, What the fuck is <laughs> very uh, culturally shocked. I, yeah. I don't even know what how is, and I just left, just like not knowing. But again, because I was born in Canada, so I don't. I would have probably done the same thing. Yeah, when shook the hand and then got screamed at. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about my place in the world, and and of course, uh, with the Me Too culture and everything, it it just seems like. You know, I, I really want to be supportive, but I feel like I have been supportive. Like in 2007, yeah. I was at the Halifax Comedy Festival, and um, 
I was a rising star. I was on TV yeah. for 11 seconds. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> Alavax, that's yeah. how they do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, and uh, my joke was actually about tolerance. You yeah. know, my joke that got on the air was basically like people that say, well, you know, when you ask them why they don't like gay people, like, well, I just don't like them. Like, well, I don't like french fries but I don't knock them out of other people's hands I just eat onion rings like what the fuck is your problem right? I didn't say what the fuck but yeah, anyway but, um, so that was my big claim to fame and then uh, there was a female comedian we both know her I'll say it off the air yeah. and all of the guys were like catcalling her from the curtains basically like oh yeah you know I, oh, she's shit. good at comedy but she'd be better at something else <laughs> like just being disgusting oh, shit, yeah. and shit right and it's like I, I was raised in a culture that if you didn't talk that way to some men, you were kind of like, you know, uh, a wuss or weaker for, yeah, for having that I point of view. So I said, hey, man, like, uh, I don't know if she's being recorded on television right now. And I think you guys should show a little more respect. Like, she's your peer, you know, like she's doing the same thing you're doing. And, uh, you know, she's, she's not doing that because she's and has anything to do with that you know i really fucking put myself in a position where they didn't like me anymore after i said this to like comedians that probably could have helped me in my career yeah. you know what i mean but i just fucking called them down no, that's smart that's 2007 i know right so fast forward to now it's like you know more men need to be on our side and fucking razor yeah. blade commercial i'm just like fuck like i am <laughs> I, I still am and i am and i am yeah. I want a campaign. I want a fucking razor that says I is, I am. I will. I do. It, and it's not just you, man. It's like you I, mean, know. I, I, I feel like and I, and I I keep getting ragged on by Julie and, and some of my friends that are like, no, it's not about you. And I'm like, okay, it's not about me. But I I have been helping and I want to help. Yeah. So what do I do? Educate, yeah, yeah, you're asking educate me. You know. And it's like you know and, and and look, it's not just that like the cult like how you're like. I was raised that way. I think generally, dudes, it's bad. They talk, they talk in an ignorant way when it yeah. comes to, to. And I work construction, so yeah, it's yeah. Even like when it's we been were growing, amplified like, from yeah. the guys that I was around. Dude, even in high school and grade school, like you're just around your homies, it's bad. The the lingo was bad. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a point and where it was, it was good. It was bad for like women, ethnicity, like yeah. gay people. Like it was just it was bad. bad language. There wasn't a point where dudes, I feel, started off going like uh, as as teen as teens, like we will hold the door for women. There wasn't like corners of in high school where no, it was just. Assholes and, and ignorant and like yeah. we want to try to fuck. So it was a, it was bad from a while ago. It's just yeah. it was uh, it was toxic. It was but just, that anger's bubbled up. It bubbled up, so then yeah. now it's like we gotta be better, and that's all it is. And you you're doing it. It's just be better. Like it's not like um, a thing of like uh, you gotta be a crusader. You just gotta be like be better. Yeah, and it's not hard. It's just like just be respectful. <laughs> I just, I guess I wanted my asterisk, my little footnote. No, no but that's that says, and it, and if you were being good, keep being good. That's <laughs> yeah. all I wanted, right? No, a that's little... fine. That's fine. It's like, but there's just too much anger for me to hear anger, that right yeah. at the moment. Because like but... you'll, uh, you, you, like, I'm pretty sure like yourself and multiple men who've been doing good, they uh, all of a sudden you know they're trying to do good and then they, hey. Fuck, it doesn't matter. We're just angry. It's just like... But it's not just women. Like, I have respect for people. Like, if yeah. I see a man and a woman approaching me, I will maintain eye contact with the man out of respect for him because I feel like if they're a couple, 
Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, if I'm with my wife, I wouldn't want like somebody, somebody just be like, <laughs> "Hey, <laughs> like focusing on my lady." I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But then you might get in trouble for that too. Like you, so you assuming that they're together, assuming yeah, their genders. Like there's it so just, many yeah. things where you're just like, I don't know what to fucking do. I was I was born to I was raised to assume, and now the world is different, and now I have to be different. different yeah, because I would do too. I I you know I don't want to look at some guy's girl. Yeah. I don't want to be like, you know, so that he thinks I'm trying to fuck her. And then that can, I'm like, oh, no, I wasn't trying to fuck her, man. I was trying to respect her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's like, why are you staring at her that way? And like, why? Because I don't want to look at you. Okay, should I, if I look at you, then uh, she's not, uh, like, she's lower than you, and that's not the case. I just don't want to look at her. Uh, you know, and then yeah. you're just fucking a snowball man, effect. Of- man, I love talking to you um, because it seems like, you're very accepting of who people are, and you you can take your ideas. And I I, I feel like you're uh, like we have a mutual friend in in Hamilton, and I feel like we're very similar, and we you know we have the same kind of um, I don't know outlook I yeah. guess. And I and I just feel like I could talk to you forever, but I before we go, I just wanted to talk to you about your comedy specifically. Um, there's a few questions I have like when did you start and the path that you have been on and up till today and your success where like how when did you when did you start comedy how what is that story well why, why did you want to do stand-up I first wanted to be a performer like an entertainer I didn't really know as like a kid like 10 11 12 I was like I'd watch like um, Jay Leno and Letterman. I don't know why. I just thought talk shows. I was like, oh man, I want to be an entertainer. They had, really? Yeah, it was interesting. And then Soul Train. I don't know why that. Me and my sister would would be in the living room just together watching. Just like, and she would do impressions at weddings. She would do Steve Urkel from Family Matters and make money. Oh my and, god. Yeah, she was great at it. Um, I think I remember at one point being very jealous of her at a wedding. Wow. I was like just angry. I was like, what the fuck? People were crowded around her because I was over here trying to do my little dances. So I just wanted to be an entertainer. She didn't. She I probably was just doing it because she could naturally do it. And then at 14, my uncle Brian, he married into the family, Canadian dude, super lovely, showed me Dice Clay, Richard Pryor, Carlin, and Eddie Murphy, all the wow. classics. So then I was like, yo, this is dope. I want to do this. And then at 14, told my best friend I want to do stand-up comedy. I thought you had to be 19 to do comedy. So I would write these little, I, I knew I was funny in conversation, so I would try to write conversation. I'd write all my conversations down in, in a, on a paper and put them in a plastic bag. So I didn't know you could have a parent could bring you to, to a comedy club. I didn't know. So I waited till I was 19, read the book Comedy Bible, where it teaches you the rules and then it teaches you how to break them. But I didn't know how to break them. I just was like, I'm going to do, I waited till I was 19, got on stage, bombed, and I just kept going. But I didn't. I was so naive, I was like, yeah, I'll go on stage once in Windsor, somebody will see me and I'll pop off. And then the manager there, a bald-headed uh, white dude tall, was like mad at me. He's like, I'm not going to give you a guest spot because you're fucking not. It's bullshit. You should be educating yourself. You should be watching these people. They're fucking brilliant. You fucking should come here every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was like, he goes, you, you, you're, you were doing well, but you're not anymore because you could have... You were coming, you were climbing, but you just were being lazy. And he was right. I was like doing ecstasy. I didn't care. I was like, yeah, someone will see me once. And I just kept coming. And that's where I was watching State, Collins, all these guys, Gilson, Russell, Jerry D. And I was just attentive. I did my homework. Then I was like, you know what? Before I moved to Toronto, I'm going to go to Michigan and do open mics. And I went 
five to seven days a week. Someone was, uh, someone told me Jason Rouse did uh, this many rooms a month. And I don't know why at the time I was like, well, I'm going to beat that. I just put it in my head. I was like, when I got to Toronto, I was like, and Rouse was like, come to Toronto, move there. You should move there. Because I was going to move to the States. I didn't know anything about immigration. I who cares? I'll just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't listen to them. Yeah, but then Rouse goes come there, and then I finally. When, it's funny because when I got there, Rouse is like, "What do you, you got to get the fuck out of here?" I go, "You told me to come here, Rouse." <laughs> well, I'm going to England, so I just start to like try to beat that record, and I just in my head I was like, and I've talked to headliners in the U.S. and one headliner told me he's like, "I was like, you got any secrets?" He goes, "There's no secrets, man. Or just the stage is your teacher." But I don't have like gym swag, you know what I'm saying? You see those guys with the fucking long, you know, the spandex and the shorts. I don't know if this guy might wear them. You ever seen those? <laughs> I don't know what they are. You know the shorts with the spandex and they just fucking no neck and they just walk around just judging everyone in the gym. They're just like, you gonna you gonna use that? You're like, get the fuck out of my face. Man. You haven't lifted anything, man. Go get a smoothie, right? Just because I, I don't have that swag. If I, like, you know, if I show up to the gym, I have just sh shorts, a gray t-shirt, just no hat. I look like a divorced dad. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I walk in like this. I always go right to the water fountain. That's a bad sign. If you walk in and you're in the water fountain right away, you're like, that guy's not working out at all. He's just, how did you sweat that much where you need water walking from your car in the building? Right? So it's like, and... I went, I don't know if you ever went in, I went into a machine the wrong way. I don't know if you've ever done that. You know the, the chest one like this? So you're supposed to enter it like this and go like that. I entered it like forward. Very embarrassing. It was a packed gym and I went in and like, and I got, I started out confident. I was like, I got this. And I fell in like, very embarrassing. But I fell in like this and I panicked. Cause everyone saw me. I panicked and I hugged it. I don't know why I hugged it. I thought that would be better. And someone from across the gym, he's like, yo, you went in the machine the wrong way, homie. And I go, fuck. And I hugged it even more tighter, right? And my glasses were falling off. I go, how did that happen? I got to leave. I lasted seven minutes. That's sad. <laughs> That's it. And those two things, Rouse and that, I just kept hustling, hustling, hustling. I was like, stage time, stage time, stage time. Like, whether it's like 10 to 16 times a week in Toronto, I was like, I need to get on stage. And I dedicated it all like to that so that's where the product at first i didn't know what i was doing like i didn't know you had to put work in i was do like, you attribute I, all your success to hard work i think so yeah just I think it's like and I, and i i have this thing that i talked about on a podcast which became sort of known in a small circle um which was when i was young my dad would give me these chores you know, mow the lawn it took fucking three hours to mow our lawn he and he was very particular about it he didn't want any corners missed. He wanted me to do only put half of the lawnmower on there to make sure that it was all done. I, I was I felt like Tiger Woods was coming to play golf <laughs> on our fucking lawn, and um, then he would say, "Pile this wood." So he had all this wood. He just drop it in the porch, and I would have to like pile it meticulously. And sometimes it would fall over, and then it, I would pile half the wood, and I'd try to walk away, and he'd be like, "No, pile the whole pile." So I I started my advice for the comedians was pile the whole pile, yeah. like pile the wood. Well, yeah. And uh, so that's what you did. You grinded. You because just... it, you'll be up and down, you, like buzz and, and, you know, people being excited about your name. There's going to be ups and downs always, even who knows what happens two years from now. But I feel you can control your work ethic. 
like the outside of like the in, you know the industry or like so how no, I'm not so, getting anything. So no matter what happens now, like you're you're on a very um, uh, great trajectory. You've got the the big Netflix special, everything. So you won the Juno Award for best comedy album, and that's all happening in one year, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. And I've been there. I've been where nothing happened. I've been where. I, in 2012, 11 and 12, I won Homegrown, then I was on MTV Live. So I've been there where it was like, I, it, it felt it was bubbling, then nothing. So I understand the bubble. I, like, I get it. I, I, now, I'm as, as I'm older, I, I was like, I don't take it personal. I'm grateful for this year. I don't know what's going to happen next year or the year after. It's just like I'm just grateful in this moment. It's not Nothing's ever promised. Um, and that's it. If I can be, I never wanted to be bitter. In comedy, and never want to be bitter. Period in life, so whatever, man. A year from now, you know, it's not. That's why it's so dope to get these things because it doesn't happen all the time. So before in the past, I'd be like, "What's the next thing?" Right away, it's just like I'd rather. Uh, I'm gonna still push forward for other things, but hey, I want to cherish what I'm doing now and and have fun with it because again, it can doesn't it could not happen. You know what I mean? So I'd rather have fun with it and and work keep working as hard as I can. It's amazing. To me, that I mean, you came right up to me, shook my hand, said thanks for having me, you know, and you showed me this respect like right off the bat, and I didn't expect it. I was almost like thinking, oh well, you know, he's had all this success, he's going to be walking in here and doing his show and walking out, and um, so that speaks to what you were talking about is that you don't know what is going to happen next year. You're going to keep working as hard as you're working and maybe harder. And no matter what happens, you're just going to all you know that you can control how hard you work. Yeah. And you're going to keep on the path you're you're yeah. doing right now. Because you don't you know, you know, I would want people to treat me with respect, whatever level they're at. So I've, I've been there where these people have ignored me. And then, you know, then it, the, 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 all these accolades come around and people are like coming around with the accolades. Sure. Like, Yo. And then I, I don't even hold that against them anymore. Really? It is what it is, man. It's like yeah. that's what the industry we're in. We're in an industry where it's like people want to be around what's dope. I'm sure. I'm sure Russell got a lot of phone calls, uncles and cousins he hadn't heard yeah. from in a long time. <laughs> it's happened, and it's just like if I'm gonna carry that anger around, it's like yeah. anger. It's gonna give me anxiety, and it's not gonna be healthy. If I'm gonna fuck, scream at every person that goes, like I've had people that go, "Bro, how you been?" And you're yeah. like, "Bro, I messaged you in my." <laughs> remember that time when yeah. you stayed on my couch? Hey, how you doing? But I remember, like, yeah. like yo, we, I hit you up heavy, or they go, "Can you get? You don't can you get? Up? Can you get me those Russell Peters tickets real quick?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like I understand, man. I understand. I take it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, before we go, can you tell me? What the experience was like uh, filming your Netflix special? Was that at ju- at Just for Laughs? I was at Club Soda. Um, they they uh, Montreal in Montreal. Yeah, they filmed a bunch of them there. Um, I, I flew my brother down, Joe, the, uh, because I just you know I, he's got great energy, uh, and I just could be silly with him, and it's good to have him there. Oh, you wanted just, just you wanted to be relaxed going yeah, into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I and I ran the set for like a whole month. Like you I was, killed that special. Thank you, man. It was fucking awesome. Thank you. I practiced, and we set up a a, a pop up show where I ran the set three times at the corner east in Toronto. So I I was like very, and it came. I was like, I want to share these ideas, but I worked that whole month. I remember, and I didn't, I didn't. I don't think I drank, smoked. I, you know, I was like. Just focus. focus. Even leading up to it, like there was like three banging parties before the Saturday, <laughs> and I think, and I was just sitting there, and people were like, because normally I party, I was like, no, 
You know, the first set, because you do two shows, I, it was all energy of excitement. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I look back at it, it was like, dude, it was chaotic because I was like, holy shit, I'm doing this. So the second show, I was a lot calmer because I got that energy out. But I had, uh, I, I, you know, I, even after people will critique it a certain way, they'll be like, it was all energy. There was no punchlines. Uh, you were screaming the whole time. Was he on coke? Um, trying to remember all the things they, they dissed me about. There's no proper sense structure. You're just screaming. I don't, we don't know what you're saying. So you read the comments. I did. I you're did. You're not supposed to read the comments. You're not supposed to read the comments. <laughs> and they, 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 people like, you know, tweeted at me too, like they're horrific things, right? Yeah. But I, all I can say now is like, look, man, that was the exact emotion I was going through at the time. That's it. There's nothing I could do now. I can't fix it. I performed it in the moment. But and man, you know I, that's it. The, meanwhile, there's a kid sitting in New Brunswick going, "I love this." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I gotta look at the positive. Yeah. Be, because before uh, Julie was able to book you, which I was shocked, um, I said, uh, "Oh man, I love this." Like, I watched all of almost all of them. Yeah. Right? I didn't watch the French ones because I. It's tough. I, it's I, tough for me. Yeah. But I I watch all the English Canada comedians of the world. And I was like, man, these are fantastic. I loved all of yeah. them. And yours was my favorite. Oh, thank you. Thank and you. and um, so for you to have those feelings or, or to hear critics or whatever, yeah, it's, it's just, just like to me, I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Like, did they not <laughs> – did they see the same thing I saw? But, you know, you the, know? The, the, I know we don't have that much time, but ideally – I got insecure for like a, four days. I go, yo, man, what if I did slow down? What if I did do everything that they made – they told me that was wrong? Would I have – would that have made it? Would I have? Would have been more successful than right. maybe it was? I started thinking like that, but then I was like, "Well, I was like, do I need to make it more digestible?" I, it fucked mm. me up for four days, where I'm like, "Did everything I do <laughs> leading up to this opportunity wasn't the right thing?" You know, because you question it when people come at you. Because to me, I. I watched it and I go, no, I can understand what I'm saying. Like, it, it's loud, but the sand structure, I'm like, how dumb are these? Then I realized it should be the beginning. The intro yeah. of it is not like a normal Netflix intro because I'm right. not saying it. I'm going, I'm saying, I'm starting a sentence and stopping. And then right. I, if you watch all the Netflix specials, it's like these are proper English speaking people. People come up and go, but and there's nothing wrong with that. But right, I could see right. as a viewer going, what the fuck is this guy saying? Right. Just spit it out, dude. Right. But it's like, until seven minutes in. <laughs> but if you had no. listened to the critics, you know, there's this um, Eminem quote where in, the, in, in his uh, latest album where he says, an ex-fan sent me a copy of the Mathers LP and she told me to study and it helped me get back to myself and she'll love me. And uh, he said, I mailed the bitch back and said if I did that, I'd just be like everybody else in the industry, especially an effing recovery clone of me. So, like, it's a very oh, – yeah, yeah, that okay, reminds yeah, me of that situation where you're like, okay, I could listen to these people and slow down yeah. and do the pacing different, maybe do different jokes, maybe do – you know. Yeah. But no, because we, when we started talking today, you said, you know, I – I just if it's hacky, so what? It's it's in my heart. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you're right. You're, yeah, and, 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 and that's what I love about the way you're approaching comedy in your life. And you're right. Everything you just said, and I think, and I know that Eminem line too. Um, I wouldn't want him to change. You know what I'm saying? But you're right. I I think I think in the moment when you when people start coming at you, you know, I think it's natural to second guess. But then I got out of it. But it was, I just remember for there was a 
a dark period for a week where I was like depressed. I was like, fuck, I fucked this up. Yeah. But you're feeling that Netflix pressure, baby. Yeah, and then you That's know, like that Netflix pressure. But like kind <laughs> words, kind words that you said, and then like randomly somebody. I, I remember w walking down the train in New York, and somebody, uh, uh, an attendant goes. Ah, uh, Netflix, man. This is New York. <laughs> and I go, huh? You're not even Dave anymore. Yeah, she goes, Netflix. But this is New York where you're like, you watch that and it's just an attendant in yeah. you know, one of the stops. And I'm like, oh. And that was like well, the time I was feeling like depressed about That's it. That's the thing. Like now you're in front of millions yeah. of people. It's not thousands anymore. No. So that's why it's freaking it me the fuck out, out that I'm sitting I, across from you at a table right now. But it, it's insane. I, I should take things of the positive things you said and the positive things other people instead of yes. like that. I took four people's negativity and went, they're right. But like, yeah. But that's that old comic thing where you see <laughs> one lady in the front row with her arms crossed <laughs> and, you know, everybody else standing ovation. You're like, that fucking lady. <laughs> Man, I, lo I love talking to you today. Thank oh, man, you. I Thanks. had a great time. Thanks dude. for doing this. Oh, man, I generally had a great time.